Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. God is good. Okay, I know you grew up with God is good all the time. But what is in the Bible is God is good and His mercies endure forever. So one more time, God is good. Alright. So, let's pray and get into the Word. Father, thank you this morning because I'm anointed to teach your Word. And your people are anointed to hear, to receive, to implement, and to execute. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for changed lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. This morning I'll try to wrap up our studies on the principles for godly success. It's my um, prayer that we would have been able to learn a lot from the stories of the people that shared with us. And I want to thank every one of you who came on the panel for your openness, for your honesty, um, sharing your life story and instructing us in that way. I'd like to say as we make progress, uh, a few things I'd like to reverse. I, I know I've talked about six parts on this series. Make sure you get all the cities, all the cities. Um, I'd like to say, first of all, that we've been able to define what success is. And we say that success is not an event. It's not something you become. It's something you are. It's daily. You know, I, I'm just thinking back right now. And I'm thinking about um, what Dr. Abeye said. What um, um, Mr. David said about the role their father played in their life. When you look at those men backwards now, they might not have all the things, right? His father might not be driving an Escalade or a Lamborghini. But you cannot say that the man is a failure. Because when they look at where they are today, you can find out that word, that it was the contribution of their parents that brought them to where they are now. And... Of all the stories shared, you will discover that very little is placed on money that the parents give to them. I think we all have the assumption that if our parents were richer, we would be more successful. It's a wrong assumption. What makes a man or a woman successful is the transmission of godly habits. And... Mr. David was saying something about the parents waking him up 4 a.m. to memorize scripture. That's incredible. Growing up, every birthday gift I got from my father was a Bible. Every birthday gift was a Bible. You know, sometimes you look back and you're wondering, is it that they couldn't get more things? But I think that these people understood what would make the difference. And this morning, I, I want to talk about, as Christians, most of us, you know, I'm talking about habits, planning, and goal setting. As Christians, we have, we are almost being raised to depend on miracles. 
Like it's one event, it's one prayer that's going to change your life. It's one anointing service that's going to change your life. It's one uh, holy oil, holy coconut, you know, that's going to change your life. I want us to, to, to talk around this morning, around the subject of habits. Habits. You see, let's not make Christianity look like when you make up your mind to become a Christian. The sound is going to come from there. It's going to distract me. Just keep it. Keep it. Let's just manage. We'll close shortly. If I hear any sound, it will distract my thoughts. Just give them more fans if you, if you can. Thank you. Okay. What was the last statement I made? Sorry? No, the last statement. Most Christians, thank you. Most Christians think that it's an event. Success is not an event. It's a daily journey. If you are not successful this morning as you're listening to me, you will never be successful in the next 10 years. It's not what you possess. It's who you are. Success is not what you possess. It is those internalized values. I want us to look at this word habits. You know, I, sometimes you sit down and you look at Christians and you're like, you know, they're, they're, you, you don't see habits that can contribute to their future. And we all expect one day it's going to happen. It's, it's an illusion. Let me give you a simple example. If you, if you, um, my, 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 my dad used to always tell me something. He said, there are two things you should always make sure in this life you take care of. Number one, make sure that your rent is paid. He said, once you are homeless, your thought pattern will be distorted. What that means is from the beginning of the year, you know after 12 months, I will pay my rent. Don't wait till November. And I say, Father, I know you will do it. I know you will do it. I know you will do it. Is 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 actually um you see, you shouldn't live that way. Number two. You know, by September, your children are going to resume school. Why not save daily to start buying their notebooks? Cultivate a habit that is both futuristic and takes immediate steps towards reaching that future. I'll tell you this, this morning. Your life is nobody's responsibility. It is yours. And you cannot... Let your lack of planning becomes someone's emergency. You didn't plan. You didn't do the right things. And then you say, oh, it must be now. It must be now. It must be now. Your lack of planning cannot become my emergency. And so as believers, we must live with the consciousness of developing the right habits. The first thing we'd like to say, I'd like to say this morning, is you have to do a deep evaluation. You have to do a deep evaluation. You have to think deeply. And what's the third thing? 
ask the right questions. Evaluate your life. The prodigal son looked at his life and said, he looked at himself and said, I cannot be eating with pigs. Something is wrong. I think one of the things I loved in all the sessions that the panelists shared with us is how they also had the opportunity to take the wrong turn. Evaluate your life. Why are you not able to afford the basic necessities of life? Ask yourself the right question. Ask yourself. Number two, think deeply. Not, yeah, hey, why is my life like this? Oh, why is my life like this? That's not, that's not deep thinking. That's market women thinking. You're not thinking deeply. You sit down and ask yourself the right questions. In the next three years, what's going to be different? Why am I not being able to save? I don't have a job. What are the skills I can acquire to get a job? What can I do? Who can I volunteer for? Something Mr. David said is that to be close to some of his mentors, he volunteered to serve them. Let's not, I, I think sometimes, even as, 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 as a local church, we have also developed what we call learned helplessness. Where people just assume that the primary role of the church is just to take off their burdens. Which is a wrong model actually. And I'll, I'll talk about that. Paul clearly instructed Timothy. He said, if a widow is at certain age and can work, he said, let the church not take care of the widow. So for you know, these are very hands worked. Christianity and hard work are the same thing. Do a deep evaluation of your life. The next one week, we'll get into the second half of the year. Remaining six months means that you have 182 days, thereabouts. You have 4,380 hours. So, you have about 4,380 hours to wrap up this year. What's going to make the difference by December 31st is what you do with those 4,380 hours. What you do with those 182 days. What you do with those six months. I, for one, I like, I like crossover service, but I stopped doing it many years ago because I just discovered that we just have this, I don't know, we just have this thing that once we just come to church that December 31st, right? And they just said, next year is your year of open, open. You know, your year of double open, your year of favor. We just feel that by the time we get up to January, they'll just start calling us. Ah, we bought one car, come and take. We bought one house, come and take. We just, we just... I... <sighs> Use your brain. It don't work that way. If it works that way, you have been attending crossover service since the year 2000. 2000 to 2017 is 17 years. And nobody has still called you to come and collect a car. Because you don't call people like that. Break away from this fantasy Christianity I mean, there's a supernatural dimension of God on your life. Uh, 
there's, I mean, there's absolutely the favor of God. But have you found that every man that was favored in the Bible was doing something positive? Joseph was not just there. They just called him, oh yeah, come, come and head Egypt. No. He was, he was so good in Potiphar's house, he became the head. He got into prison. He was so good. So at the end of the day, it was his excellence that God was acting upon to take him to the top. He wasn't lazy. He wasn't just sitting around praying and fasting. He prayed. He fasted. He also knew what he was doing. You have to think deeply. If you have had habits in the last six months that didn't contribute to your future, you have to sit down and think deeply and ask yourself the right questions. Life is measured in time. Psalm 90 verse 12 Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Like, look at those two words, to number. To number. The word number in the Greek, it means to allot, to appoint. It's like saying to prepare. It's like saying that I'm going to allot this number of days to this phase of my life. To set. We all have 24 hours. We can choose what to do with it. The value you put into your 24 hours will ultimately determine what? The outcome of your life. The devil is not as powerful as you think. He's a defeated devil. Are you following what I'm saying? Teach me to number my days so I can apply my heart to wisdom. That means it is wisdom that helps me to maximize my days. You know some people sleep as if they are going for sleeping competitions. And yet they say they have no jobs. You must fight idleness in your life. Even if you have to go and work where you are not being paid, there is something about the dignity of labor that you must embrace. There is something about the dignity of labor that you must embrace. I had friends when we were growing up in ministry who said, well, we're trusting God. Well, they're going to call us to the nations. We're going to, ooh, we're going to preach around the world. You know, that time, now we have dream. We're preaching in stadiums. But when we got into ministry, I was going to secondary school to preach. I wasn't waiting for the day they would invite me to the nations. I was going to secondary schools, SU camps, doing youth camps, preaching to the young people in church. And probably, I was preaching to the young person in church. I remember how I preached for, for one of the largest Christian organizations in the country. I went somewhere to do a youth presentation. The president of the youth fellowship of that church was there. He invited me to their church. I preached in their church. The president of the, the chairman of the board of this Christian organization was in church that day. Heard me preach and invited me to preach there. Life has been arranged that it is one door that leads to another. And the door that leads to the other door is usually very small. Despise not the day of little beginnings. 
this story. Uh, this guy that owns um, Sapphire Scents. Alright? I was reading his story yesterday, two days back. And he said he started that perfume business with 35,000. And today they have two shops, one of the massive perfume stuff you have in the country. And there are people that you give 40,000 to start a business. When you give them, they'll look at it. He said, we can, we can manage. We'll try. I'll tell you this if you don't build yourself with the right values you would always be people's dependents no matter how old you become at 60 you still depend on people at 70 you still depend on people at 80 you still depend on people learn industry from an early age my son came to me yesterday. He said he wanted something on his computer. I said, how much is it? So I called the guys. They said 5000 I told him, I don't have 5000 to give you. You have to start working to earn that money. So, go clean the car. Make sure there is no sand. They finished cleaning. I looked at the job. I said, it's not perfect enough. This one is 2000 naira. So, you have 2000 You are left with 3000 He will work it out. Because he's not too old to begin to understand that money is exchange for goods and services. It's simple. That's what money is. That's, that's just what money is. Free money does not build anybody. Learn it. It cannot. It will not. It will not. In fact, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this now. I want to be a little bit straight this morning, but I'm saying it from a heart of love. If you are in need and your first thought is to call somebody to ask for the money, something is wrong with you. That should not be your first thought. What should be your first thought? What can I do to create this money? If your first thought is, oh, I can't do this. Okay, uncle, no. Your first thought should be, what can I do? I mean, thank God our sister shared with us this morning. You give me some time this morning. Our sister shared with us this morning on how there was no school fees, there was nothing. She had to literally go and read in the class just to stay overnight in class. And she started doing recharge card, phone call. You know those days of phone call, you call two minutes and you pay. Some of us are too ashamed to do what we call minia jobs. You see somebody don't have a job and you say, Oh, can you do this? Say well at my age, I'm, you have age. <laughs> You're still talking of your age. Sometimes you need to go down south and see people that work on construction sites. Women with children behind them. Because that's only how they can eat. You must think deeply about your life. Don't waste time. I've said here you're not in competition with other people 
but you're also in competition with yourself based on your potential, based on your capacity, based on what God is expecting you to do. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let's look at the word habit. Habit. Habit means, number one, an acquired behavior, behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. And I like that. Acquired. That means probably you were not born with it. So that means we can acquire good habits. Am I right? Uh, am I right? It, so it means that, I mean, I'm not born with it. You know, I, I, I don't know what is it about our older parents who wake up very early. Even my dad. 3 a.m. he's up reading scriptures. Maybe because he had to wake up early to go to farm. Before the sun comes. And you have people, you call them by 9.30. You say, your voice is sounding like this. I'm just relaxing since the day is just beginning at 9. Acquired behavior pattern regularly followed. So I want you to observe the word regularly followed. That means it has to be regular until it has become almost what? Involuntary. So it is said that if you do something for 21 days, it becomes part of you. Like if you wake up 4 o'clock consistently for 21 days, it becomes part of you. Right? Like the women that go for those school runs. You understand that even when the children are on holidays, somehow that time you wake up, you still, you know, get up. Right? Look at, look at this quote. Another, another definition is customized practice or something. But change of habits are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. And this is interesting by Warren Buffett Because it means that at the beginning It looks like, oh I'm not doing anything But after a while, you just discover what happened That these things have become strong on you For instance, if you're somebody who reads casually You just discover that you can't stop reading You almost want to read something Right? In the plane you're reading something Whenever you're reading something There's another quote by a man called Stephen Pressfield. He said the difference between an amateur and a professional is in habits. An amateur has amateur habits. A professional has a professional habit, has professional habits. We can never free ourselves from habits, but we can replace bad habits with good ones. Now, just leave that there. This is what I want to, to, to say. Listen, you cannot say I don't have a habit. Every one of us, ha- we have habits. It's either good or bad. Right? So, you cannot do without habits. You either replace the bad ones with good ones. So, for instance, there are people who procrastinate a lot. I know there are some of you who said you're going to write a book this year. You started in January. You wrote the dedication and the acknowledgement. And that's it. Procrastination. There are some of you who say, I'm going to finish the Bible this year. And you took reading the Bible one year. card. First January, you're done. I'll say this here, in case I forget. One of the habits of successful people is that they finish things. Everybody say finishing. Finish. Say it one more time. Say finishing. Finish. I can hear you. Say finishing. Finish. Learn to finish things. Finish a book. At least read it to the end. Finish that project. Bring things to a finish. Conclude things. 
Don't leave things scattered. You started this one. You started this one. You're on this online school. This online school. One of my friends, I was just talking with him. I am doing this. I'm doing this. I said, all the online schools you have done, which certificate have you got? No one. Once you mention this one, oh, I wrote, oh, I wrote. It is not in enrollment. It is in finishing. Imagine Jesus coming and saying, there's no need to go to the cross again. At least I've started. We will not be redeemed. You must learn to say in your life, it is finished. This project, I started it and finished it. This book, I started it and finished it. Don't leave things uncompleted in your life. We can replace good habits. We can replace bad habits with good ones. If you know that you sleep too much, set up an alarm. Train yourself. If you know you don't know how to read, start little. Now, don't leave this service and say, hey, I'm going to read 700 books before December. Don't deceive yourself. One page a day. One page a day. Consistency is more important than emotional outburst. Be consistent. Alright. Let's look at Luke chapter 4 verse 16. NIV version. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. The New Living Translation. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue. I want you to know the word as usual to the synagogue. Acts 17 verse 2 as his custom Paul went into the synagogue as his custom Paul went into the synagogue Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God just as he had done before the new living translation says he prayed three times a day just as he had always done the english standard version says he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his god as he had done previously so we see jesus had a custom of going to the synagogue Paul has a custom of going to the synagogue. Daniel had a custom of praying three times daily. You must develop godly habits. You must have a custom. There should be something that is your custom. There should be something that you do regularly. There should be something we can predict that, oh, this person will be doing this. Stop living your life haphazardly. You are not in choir practice that you will sing the real song on Sunday. This is the real life. Be conscious of that. Be conscious of that. Don't think, oh, one day, is it stop that statement? One day, one day, one day, you know the song was like, one day, one day, things go better. Don't, sing, don't, don't, don't always have this thing of, oh, tomorrow, I know things will get better. I know things, ah, it will be better. It will be better. Obviously, things will get better. But if things are going to get better, we know from today. Not just because we're saying it will get better, but because we have the steps we are taking. And by the power of God,
God, we know that God is going to amplify those steps. Train yourself to have good habits. Very simple. You know, there are people who are children of God who will walk past you without greeting. They will never open their mouth. They'll see you. Just, just simple habits of good morning. The ones that even make you angry. Good morning, shalom. What is good? What is shalom? Good morning, it is well. It is well is not a greeting. Let's stop all those things. That, you see, that's why sometimes we cannot function out there. We are so... Eh? It is where you are lifted. Simple habits of excellence. Simple habits of maintaining relationships. Greeting people. Honoring people. Learning to serve. Learning to be patient so people can go ahead of you. These are things that we need to cultivate. One thing that... I I, I used to say this. If you're wasting your life or your time, don't think other people are wasting their time. There are people doing stuff. I read Forbes Africa quite a lot. And there was this stuff they brought out about under 30 CEOs or something like that. And I saw like how many companies some of these young guys have founded at 30 years. Of course, I mean, it's inspirational. I've always told people, stop thinking you're a young child. Stop thinking it. Stop thinking you have time on your side. Don't live life as if everybody's playing. Everybody's not playing. My mentor used to tell me something. He said, Max, he said, five years will separate us. You know, sometimes when people have made the right decisions and they have been elevated somewhere, we now say, oh, that man is proud. We used to play. Look at where we used to play under this mango tree. Come, let me show you. Under the mango. If he's still playing under the mango tree, will he be where he is? I mean, let's imagine David is working in the bank now. And then his friends say, oh, this is under the mango tree we used to play. If he's playing under the mango tree, if he goes back to be playing under the mango tree, you can know that in six months they'll drop him from the work. You know why? Because higher levels will demand higher concentrations and disciplines and more time management. In fact, the more successful you are, in quote, the more your 24 hours is difficult to manage. If you have a friend that every time you call, he's free, run away. How are you? Ah, no problem. I'm not doing anything. Anything. They can travel with you to Portacourt. They just say, come and see me at the jetty. You go to the jetty. Say, I'm going to Portacourt. Say, more go now. No be boat. That's, that's, that means the whole day, they had nowhere they were going. You can call them three days. They are still in Portacourt. Say, I just stroll. Go. How can you stroll for three days? No agenda. No vision. There should be, there should be times in your life where you are not accessible. Because you're thinking about the next step. I'll tell you this. Generations are waiting on us for inspiration. We can't keep pointing people there. Oh, this man did this. That one started this. This one, what about you? What would you start that the next generation will look up to? Are you following what I'm saying? We must have godly habits. Three times a day, Daniel used to pray. Do you have a prayer time? Do you have when you pray? Do you have a time that your phone, you know, the way we pray now is funny. You know, you can be praying, 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 your phone will ring. Hello? 
I did pray, I did pray, I pray, I will call you back. I did pray, I did pray. <laughs> Even some of you in church, your phone is on, you cannot pay attention to the message. Pastor, I'm expecting a call for one job. It's been six years. You see, let me tell you this. There's something I have programmed about my life. And it's very important. This phone, I was the one that bought it. It's not the phone that controls me. I'm the one that controls it. How many times have you wanted something from someone? You called them the first time they didn't pick. You called again. Maybe the next day you called. If something is important, people will reach out to you. This one, your phone will ring, running from the room to the parlor you have. Hit your head on everything. You just don't want that call to be miscalled. At the end, you pick it. Say, I just say, let me greet you. And you are bleeding. <laughs> you are too... Never live life with missed opportunities as a mindset. You can't even off your phone to sleep, to have a good sleep. You can't rest. Have a custom. Have a habit that takes you towards your goal. Let's quickly look at planning. Let's read a few scriptures here on planning. just want to go through this stuff. So you must have a habit. Develop habits. <coughs> Excuse me. Proverbs 14.15 A simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thoughts to his steps. Give thoughts. That means he thinks about his steps. He gives thoughts to his step. Proverbs 16.3 Commit to the Lord whatever you do. And he will establish your plans. So you've got a plan. You pray about it. Psalm 20 verse 4. May he give you the desires of your heart. And make all your plans succeed. Proverbs 16 verse 9. In their hearts, human plans their curse. But the Lord establish their steps. Proverbs 19 verse 21. Many are the plans in the person's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Psalm 143 verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I put my trust in you. <coughs> Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. Proverbs 15.22 Plants fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Luke chapter 14 verse 28. Just leave this for me. Luke 14 verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? I'd like to pick out a few things. Suppose one of you wants, pick out that word wants. The number one key to planning is desire. You must have the right desire. I want to excel. I want to get this done. Without desire, you can accomplish very little. My dad used to tell me this. He said, as a pastor, you cannot help people to... There's a way you used to put it. But in essence, what I was trying to say is that if somebody doesn't want to succeed, you can't force them to succeed. Do you understand? Like, they have to take that initiative. They have to take that initiative. They have to. As Christians, how do we plan? We write out our plans. We submit them to the Lord. We pray about them. And the Lord begins to give us wisdom on the way to go. At least have a plan. 
What are your plans before December? And start planning from where you are. Don't go back now and say, by December, I'll buy a car. I'll build a house. I'll travel to Japan. Stop all those things. Simple plans that takes you to the future. If you're somebody who knows what you're doing, you will never be in a hurry. You will know that this step I'm taking will take me there. And you take them gradual. You take them short. What steps are you taking? So the first thing is want to build a tower. I'd like us to look at the word build. Building speaks of a process. No success is instantaneous. It's a process. Always have a mind that you are building something. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even your finances. That's why a lot of you fell for, for, for this uh, money making scheme. You are in a hurry. I bring 1,000. After two days, they'll give you 5,000. Where does he work? If you see people that are scammed, there is something in them that attracted that scam. Every good investor will think through things. I mean, once or twice, you might make mistakes. Build. Look at your life like a building. What kind of structure do you want to erect? Look at your life that way. Look from that perspective. I've always loved, as it were, the call that God has placed in my life. And one of the reasons I married quite early, I discovered that a lot of the young pastors then around me who were doing so well, there was always this issue, I mean, sisters, this one, that one, by the time they want to marry, they are not sure who, 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 who. And I just told myself, hey, listen, I'm just going to settle this at this point before I get in. And that became one of the prime reasons to make the decision that I was making. So I didn't marry early because people were marrying early. I didn't marry late because people were marrying late. I married at the time I married because it was in accordance with what I was building. You know, sometimes when I travel, then I used to travel a lot. I don't travel now. I'm on the travel ban. <laughs> but then I used to travel a lot. I would just come to my wife. Hey, hey uh, you don't travel again. If I when my sister in law calls, the first thing we say is, Are you at home? Do you understand? Like, she's not expecting. I go meet my wife. I say, How are you coping? And she's like, It's not like I'm coping. It's something that we know this is the path. Building. Look at your life like a building. Never be on a hurry. The next one, and estimate the cost. Everything in life has a price. You have to pay it. If you want to speak well, you have to pay the price for studying, for learning, for reading, for expanding your vocabulary. If you want to, you want to be a financial investor, alright? You have to read. You know, there's one of my friends. I absolutely love the young man. He loved, he was, um, who does a lot of stock? Warren Buffett, right? Is it Warren Buffett that does stock? Stocks, yeah. So I think it was Warren Buffett. He loved Warren Buffett so much in school. You know, and he read about stock. Anything stock. He used to call them penny stock then. He would read. He would do. When, when he sees newspaper, he's checking the stock exchange. You know, when I look at that thing, it looks like four, four figure table to me. Like what <laughs> plus minus two naira, three naira, four naira gain. What's this? But you know, literally that guy taught himself investment in the stock market. Estimating the cost. 
that he wanted to become a financial investor, he took the time to study. Why are you always living for free things? One day a young man told me, he said, my uncle is not helping me. I said, the way you are living, would you become the uncle that will help someone tomorrow or they'll say the same thing about you? Estimate the cost for your dreams. There's a cost. If you want to spend time, like you're telling us, you want to spend time with your family, the cost might be you even dropping your career so you can be at home. It's a cost. You might not be able to, you might not have the capacity to juggle both. Sometimes, excuse me, like you said, you might have to give up some things. What's the cost for your dream? And are you willing to pay the price? There's a cost. There is a cost for every dream. And let's not just live as if God is just going to throw these things down on us. We must be willing to estimate the cost. The next one. To see if you have enough money. I didn't highlight the money because the money is not the emphasis. I just wanted to highlight the word if you have enough. Enough of what? The capacity, desire, you're taking the right steps. There are internal resources in you that can take you to your dream. Everything God wants to do for you is already inside of your spirit. Everything. Everything. I had a friend in school then. When we were going to the university, he looked at me and said, Let's come in, Ugaga. Then he said, Ugaga, say my head, not go carry a book. <laughs> the guy loved wood. He could carve anything from wood. He went to become a carpenter. Today is one of the best furniture makers in our area. He was honest with himself. You see, sometimes I'm amazed when young people will say, Sir, Sir, I want to go to school, Sir. It's okay, write your name. Your name, your name, they, are, they will be asking you. Jean, is it correct, sir? You should just tell yourself the truth. Don't de- you, see, you can deceive everybody. Don't deceive yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? And I tell people all the time, listen, you want to go to school, your parents don't have the money to put you through school. Be honest. Don't just think when you throw yourself in school there. No, be honest. I won't be able to go this year. Let me work for two, three. I had people like that who worked for two, three years, saved up a little, went to school, took the IT, came back, made money. You have to be honest with your own dreams. Be honest with yourself. Tell yourself the truth. Are you doing enough to accomplish your dreams? Are you disciplined enough? Are you studying hard enough? I mean, there was something brilliant that David said this morning that I loved. He said, I wasn't always like this. The greatest capacity that God is giving to us is the ability to change. You can change. You can absolutely transform yourself if you take the right step from today. You look back, the next three years, absolutely transform yourself. Absolutely. Money to complete it. Learn to finish things. Are you following what I'm saying? 
finish don't leave things halfway all right do we have that that will that the will of life let me see that absolutely brilliant i got this from zig ziglar's book on the wheel of life it's, it's talking about the seven areas where you need to set goals for yourself the first one is what um let's start from social work family spiritual this thing is not very clear physical and what financial what's the all right you have to the mind and your intellect you have to make sure the seven areas that you pick goals in these seven areas your work and your career your work and your career if you you can just go online just google zig ziglar wheel of life it will come up zig ziglar's wheel of life it will come up not now not now <laughs> okay <laughs> your intellect your mind what books are you going to read your spiritual life under your spiritual life talk about prayer talk about meditation talk about giving do you have a giving goal giving is spiritual do you give emotionally or you have a giving goal one of the things that we did personal this is personal now one of the things we did was to have a seed account whenever we have money we put a percentage of our money into that account and we give from that account so we track how much we give every year so we can know if we're increasing in our giving or we're decreasing be deliberate be intentional talk about your spiritual life i think for some of you your goal will be just to be showing up on wednesday bible studies that should be your goal now we've got a full house and on wednesday it's like three rows it should be a goal just i will be in church you know there are people if i don't see on wednesday i'm tempted to call them because they're always there there are people when i see on wednesday as i'm preaching i'll be asking myself is there a problem what happened hope there's no trouble because showing up there are two things either a miracle is happening or there's trouble and as they show up where you are just going to say man of god i want to see you i say hey i said it <laughs> i've entered don't be someone that when you show up in church people are wondering what is happening family let's look at family i'm just let me take it this way family spend time with your children hmm? spend time with who <coughs> do you know these are children in the next couple of years we'll be looking for them to come home you know how many times your father is calling you now when are you coming when are you coming so i will try i will try there will be days you know life is funny when they are young you say when are you going when will you go to university and let me rest when they go say when are you coming spend time with your children watch movies with them watch movies with your wife and i'll say this here i think sometimes we actually neglect our wives now something doctor said which is i mean it's very true we just as not like we assume they are there ah, my wife our ah, babe she's there but most times our women are crying for attention just tell your wife you love her just tell. you might not have grown up that way but try it you know, for some of you now, if you go back home and tell your wife, I love you. <laughs> it's not God, God. When did you say you are coming? <laughs> it's like, strange. 
give your wife money without strings attached. I just want to bless you with this. I just want to bless you with this. Don't underestimate and undervalue your wife. There are things in your wife's life that you should not allow to run out. Get them good phones. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so what's the last statement I made? Get your wife a phone. I know you will not forget that one. I know. Pastor, write it down. Say, write it down. Pastor said, get your wife a phone. Okay. But, but, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Is it amazing sometimes how much we have helped people outside and we look inward and discover we have not made that same investment in the people who love us the most and stick with us the most? As much as you want to be good outside, try as much as you can to take care of your loved ones. Bless your children. Okay? Set family goals. Take out time to go on vacation. Set out time. Every money you spend on vacation is an investment in the emotional bonding of your family. Never look at a vacation from the point of an expenses. Look at it as an investment. No vacation is too expensive. And I'm not saying go to Europe. Just go to Pathakot. Spend some time together. Alright? It's very important. Spend time. Spiritual life. Your financial life. Giving, your investment, your saving. Learn to save, no matter how small. I said it again about this church. We're able to go so fast and so quick in our building because we saved over the last three years. Keep saving. We have a mind to build a parsonage behind and I've told the guys we're going to save up for two years before we start the project. That's the way to think. So that you don't harass people. If you give to this building, your life will go up. <coughs> when we finish the building, what happens to your life? Just save. Learn to save. You have a vacation to go next year, learn to save for it. Something I do personally, as a family, we go on vacation once in two years. And the reason it's once in two years is because I use the one year we're not going to save up for the vacation of the year we're going to go. I mean, it's more convenient for me now. Because I know how much I earn, I know how much I can put aside. So it takes me about one year to one year, couple of months to save up for any vacation we're going with the family. So I can't say, oh, people are going every year. Those are people I can't afford it to go every year. But the time will come when I'll be able to afford that. But you must have these things as goals. Set them apart. Alright? Then your physical health, you know, exercise and all that. So just just take this and because of time. Uh Okay, let me just do a few things. But just make sure you goggle this up, set it up. It can help you to do that. Touch on this setting. Number one, step one, identify the goal. Did you change the battery? Praise God. Okay, step one, identify the goal. Identify the goal. Write a clear description of what you want to achieve. If you don't have a goal, you don't know what to achieve. Imagine a football match without goalpost. Number two. Number two. List the benefits. Write out what reward, benefit, or positive outcome you'll achieve when you get your goal. Why do you want to do this? That means there must be a compelling reason. Are you just setting that goal because that's what everybody is setting? So own a car because everybody has a car. Do you, are you setting a goal because that's what your age mates are doing? Number three. List obstacles that could get in your way. 
Every goal will have a challenge. What are some of the challenges that you go through? You can write that down if you can identify them. Step four. That means that this will take a thinking process. List the skills and knowledge you need to reach your goal. Okay? I want to... Let me, let me just um, give you an example from my own life. One of my desires... I, I see... I, I've never been to a Bible college. But one of my... When I talk to some of my young friends around the African countries who go to Bible colleges, I see that a lot of their lecturers are old people and all that. And sometimes as charismatics... Most of our Bible schools are just based on the things we teach, okay? You're not like theological materials. And so I just told myself that, I mean, by the time I'm older in ministry, I'd like to just travel around Africa volunteering to lecture in Bible schools. So if I want to achieve that goal, one of the goals I set for myself right now that I'm currently doing is studying um, theology, an, an online course, one of the best we have in the continent. So, if I want to get to the goal of being able to lecture in Bible schools, what I would require is a knowledge of theology. Do, do you understand that? So, you need to be able to say, if I want to get to this financial goal, what am I going to require? Ask yourself the honest question and start putting those steps together. Step five, the skills, knowledge, identify the people and groups to work with. So, there are always... Um, People, relationships that can help you around your goal. <clears throat> I remember, I don't used to read Forbes Africa maybe three years back. But, I mean, I have a family friend who reads it a lot. And he got me, um, you know, he got me the whole contact to subscribe and all that. So you discover that the friends you work with will, al- will always give you resources to either aid your dream or deplete from your dream. So you need to watch that. Step six. Develop a plan of action. Develop a plan of action. There must be a plan. So this is not something you can do one day. You can sit down and set, set, set your goals. Spend time. Pray over them. And you don't have to set one million goals. Just something little. Something little. Step seven. Step seven. Set a deadline. You can't set a goal forever. There be a deadline. Next one month, this is what I want to do. Right. Every 24 hours should be maximized. Take little and daily steps in reaching your goals. Live deliberately. Live deliberately and intentional. This is the real deal. Luke 19.10 Jesus says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That was his life mission. Be focused. Be focused on your life mission. So we saw that everything around Jesus was because of the way he knew what he came to the earth to do. Live deliberately. Be intentional. Be intentional about your finance. Be intentional about your relationship. Be intentional about your spiritual life. Don't be haphazard. Don't be found everywhere. I remember something Bishop Odebo used to say many years ago. He says, when you go to the park and there's a car saying everywhere, 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 will you enter? Say, no. You must go to the park with a destination. I'm going to Benin. I'm going to Parakot. You can't go and ask, where, where are you going to? You say, it's everywhere. You won't enter that vehicle. But it's amazing how most of us, some of us, live our lives that way. Okay. Two quotes I want to end with. <coughs> Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Let's pause here a little bit. I'll just finish now. Discipline is the, is the bridge between what? Goals and accomplishment. If there's any word you need to learn from this success series, is the power 
of discipline if you don't discipline yourself how many of you have heard i mean it's happened to me a lot that's one area i really need discipline with exercise program right exercise is one area to show whether people have discipline how many of you agree yeah you don't even exercise before so there's nothing to agree with you know you just come ah oh 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 after two weeks say let's do exercise and i say don't worry next week next week it's been six months discipline discipline okay let's 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 see that quote the trouble with not having a goal is that you can spend your life running up and down the field and never score i want you to think deeply on this think deeply on it think deeply on it this year can just pass without achieving anything you spend your your energy you are busy you are running you're doing things but at the end of the day when we look at the productivity the efficiency of your journey is nothing is achieved nothing is achieved nothing is achieved Let's take for instance, you're a young man. You're from this island. How much will it take you to own a plot of land, for instance? Maybe with your family, something very little. And just a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, sixty thousand. You can set up a self-contained for yourself daily. Just putting something there. And yet you will walk and earn a hundred and fifty thousand. After six years, you're back to square one. There's a principle we must never forget from the life of Joseph. The seven lean cows and the seven fat cows. He said the times of abundance and the times of leanness. Paul said the time to abase and when to abound. When there's much money in your life, plan for the lean years. Plan for the lean years. All this one, you just end that money. You go and buy TV. You go and buy a um, CD loader that you can't increase the volume. Your house is like a club. Because the volume is so high. You will own the music in your room and go and stay on the end of the street to listen to it. Are you normal? Say, <laughs> maybe the, the heat. Maybe the heat. <laughs> you, you, own, you own your CD here. You are there listening to it. They now give you quick notice. You say, the enemy is after your life. The right investments. The right investments. Look at it. The trouble with not having a goal is that you can spend your life running up and down the field and you never score. You are just running. Ten years. Five years. Nothing achieved. The next quote. And I'd like to we'll close with that. Oof. It's not very clear. But this is a quote by Benjamin Mays. Now, if you're somebody who likes to read, you read about Benjamin Mays. Benjamin Mays was the principal of Morehouse College. Morehouse College was where Martin Luther King Jr., um, the school that Martin Luther King Jr. went to. It's, it's a brilliant college for black, I think for black boys. And I remember reading about Benjamin Mays. You should read about what Benjamin Mays, the eulogy he gave at Martin Luther King Jr.'s death. Brilliant stuff. The reformer. The black activists, brilliant stuff. But Benjamin Mays was the principal 
of the Morehouse College. And I remember reading about when Martin Luther came and the father told Benjamin Mays that I want you to teach my son how to dream. In dreams, we overcome limitations. You must learn to dream. You must have a greater vision for your life. Have a greater vision. The world is waiting for our revelation. Don't sell yourself short in this life. Don't settle for less. Don't be comfortable with mediocrity. Strive for excellence. Give your best shots to life. I used to say this in every church that I've been privileged to pastor. I said, I mean, there are many things you will not be able to accuse me of. But I said, I want that everybody that I'm pastoring, when you ask them about me, they will be able to say, hey, that guy did his best. He worked hard. He gave his all. Look at the quote. I don't know how many of you can read it there, but I'll read it here. It must be borne in mind that the tragedy of life does not lie in not reaching your goal. The tragedy lies in having no goals to reach. If you didn't reach your goal, you're not a failure. You just learned something. But if you have no goals at all, that's the tragedy of life. What is your life about? Ten years from now, we're going to be saying the same stories. Five years from now, the same stories. Are you going to repeat what you've been saying in the last three years? There's nobody to help me. There's a video I wanted to show. I don't know how many of you have seen it on Facebook. But if I find it, I'll still show it. It was about this guy who is crippled, you know, had no legs, but he goes to the farm. How many of you have watched the video? Goes to the farm, he learned carpentry and repairs his own roof. Some of us are just giving excuses for life. We should be, we should be thoroughly ashamed at ourselves that we haven't done much more with the ability that God has given to us. Don't leave your life to be dependent on someone. Live your life knowing that God is for you. And everything you need to make it in life, His place within your heart. Praise the name of the Lord. Have a compelling dream. Live with purpose, but deliberate. Give deliberately. Sow deliberately. Serve deliberately. Let's give ourselves to a bigger curse that's not just self-centered. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would help us to direct our course. Lord, I pray for everyone right now that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ there will be fresh visions in our hearts. There will be fresh visions in our hearts. There will be fresh visions in our hearts. Visions, oh God, that will make this country a better place. Visions that will make this island a better place. Visions that will make our... Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.